Okay, guys, I think we got to do the intro in a second, but first I want to play a little game. I, I'm going to try to beat Will to the game punch. Okay. Roman, I want you and Jeff to take turns spelling Chip Zdarsky's last name one letter at a time. Roman okay. starts. Go. Z. D. A? R. Are you reading it? No. Oh, yeah, I'm reading it. Oh, yes. I'm not. K. Y. Z D A R S K Y. Nice. Yeah. Okay, now close your eyes and do it backwards. <laughs> y S keys, uh, whatever. Um, okay, are we really doing that? No, I don't think no. so. I think that okay. I think this was a terrible game, and I'd like to apologize to all of our <laughs> viewers. I think we found our intro. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we can make the intro Django falling on his gorgeous face, <laughs> his gorgeous bird nose. Man, I love older men with bird noses. <laughs> I just have a thing for guys who are older than me with gorgeous schnozzes. another goof-filled evening brothers camaraderie brothers and illustrated arms to another goof-filled evening brethren love brothers <laughs> so say we all goofy so say we all goof i thought only women's had kegels i kind of oh. thought that too but but if you're oh, working on your too. butthole that's your it's kegel like, muscles. it's it's like when i think it's like when you stop peeing if you try to stop peeing oh you know you gotta like i do that just for fun tighten it all up mm -hmm. you can do it in the grocery store you can do it in line at the bank Welcome yeah, to a Comics I'm Place presents right perfectly accept. Welcome to a Comics Place. They don't let me pee in the grocery store anymore. <laughs> I think we should leave that in, Andrew. <laughs> Welcome to Comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode two hundred and seventy-five. If this were a Marvel comic, we probably would have charged you two dollars extra for this episode. <laughs> where every week we talk a whole bunch about comic books because we own a shop together. All of us, all of us, every Smelly. single person that works there owns it. It's a co-op. It's a co-op and like we P-W-N-E-D it. We pwned it. We pwned it. Um, that's right. You guessed it. This is a comic show. It's three buddies talking about comics and the shop that they run together and the comings and goings of their lives and kind of hiccuping and interrupting each other and, <laughs> you know, just kind of giggling. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of comics this week. But before we do that, we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I'm a raspberry shasta i'm a kegel master got a pop got a wow <laughs> that's a really good that's a really good way of grouping them both together roman <laughs> isn't that the song for the shasta <laughs> no i don't know i've never i don't know <laughs> wow jenko has got a different laugh on right now i think my favorite part was make that face before. yeah he kind of danced when he said it got a pop got a wow um and that's right we're gonna get into an email hello from our william william elmer friend hello and happy episode 275 i hope you all had a wonderful week off and safely enjoyed celebrating the birth of this country we live in by blowing up a small part of it over the holiday weekend i decided to read captain america truth red white and black and i really enjoyed it i wouldn't classify the book as patriotic but seemed an appropriate read and it left me wondering what are all of your favorite comics that deal with difficult subjects especially <laughs> 
Kegels? Yeah, I just think I thought about Kegels. Because <laughs> they're difficult. But I've never read the quick and easy guide to Kegels. <laughs> I don't know if Especially that's a pop or a wow. <laughs> pop wow. Sham pop wow. Especially those that deal with patriotism or the darker sides of our country's histories. While we all, while also still finding a way to celebrate the aspirational idea of what this country should think could be one day, from Bellingham with love, Will. P.S. How about that Chip Zdarsky guy? Um. Okay. Patriotic comics or the. <coughs> okay. Let's. Hey, Django. Let's bring it back. I'm trying. I'm really trying, bud. <laughs> Favorite comics to deal with difficult subjects, especially those that deal with patriotism or the darker side of our country's history. I mean, the one that he called out, the one that he just read is like the gold standard for that. So he's he's asking for like secondary choices because <clears throat> that Kyle Baker one that is the origin of Isaiah, Bradley. Um, Isaiah Bradley, the the one that, that Will read is spectacular and, and a really good kind of condemnation and celebration of U.S. More condemnation and celebration, I think. <clears throat> Shit, I think, uh, Jeff, I'm going to take yours. You would get here eventually. Yeah. I'm gonna say the Lone Ranger by uh, Mark Russell because really I think good that, one. that that is like American greed and the American Wild West all at the same time. Uh, Scalp could probably go in there. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna throw out New Frontier because mm. it's got some good patriotism, like positive patriotism in there. But then there's also some really great stuff about like slavery and racism in there, and mm. like homophobia and you know uh women in the military so i i i'm gonna say new frontier as a cop-out because i don't i can't think of many oh um squadron supreme oh yeah i've never oh, read that one. actually i just was thinking based on what romans <laughs> told me the, the, the straczynski past. one no the guggenheim <clears throat> the, or the grunwald yeah, the, the mark grunwald one. Oh. Yeah. oh okay the older one yeah that, um, that, that's yeah. a good pick um there's a lot of <clears throat> captain america stories that have done that like you know the first time he quit being cap when he became nomad and that was a steve Englehart's kind of an outgrowth of the nixon um fiasco and watergate and that's why cap became nomad the man without a country and then he did it kind of again in the 80s a different writer um i think it was mark grunwald again maybe that wrote that story where steve rogers became the captain because he you know told the government this is ridiculous you guys are doing all sorts of things wrong i'm not gonna be captain america at least i mean when we look at our country in the last like five years of it and how garbage it's been well you know like well no six years of it i don't know uh, how yeah, terrible it's been and some <laughs> at least it's not so bad as when captain america stopped being an american back in the 60s and stuff right you know <laughs> that's right it's that's right cap knows and oh. if he's still an american now it means it's not as bad as it was back then <laughs> yeah i wish they had kept that thing that they did with superman where he renounced his american citizenship it was a big was, deal for like a week and i was yeah. just gonna make it's it never joke. mentioned now <laughs> wait, wait was that after the j michael straczynski one where he just walks around america experiencing america i think so was, was that at the that? end of rebirth or the new 52 it was before New 52. Oh, well, I don't think I read that. You know, the um, uh, yeah. Coates run on Black Panther. Oh. That was that was another good one. But actually, Don McGregor's run back in the 70s on Black Panther. That also, well, well, Don McGregor, obviously. Yeah. Anything oh, the man touches turns to gold. <laughs> I would throw, uh, and, and this is weird because we don't even know for sure that it's America, but I'd say Flintstones. Hmm. Not, to, not to pull out another Mark Russell super weapon, but. Pull out. <clears throat> 
<laughs> can't yeah. it too many giggles <laughs> the, the storylines again god captain america but a lot of the basis for some of the main well the villain and some of the main story in the falcon and winter soldier show was yep. based on a run in cap where they introduced flag smasher and and uh the john walker captain america who had his his sidekick who was a black man and a lot of that on the comic was really good for a couple of years there um I just want to segue the end of uh, Will's question into this other email that we got from Nathaniel Butcher. Hmm. And uh, so Will said, how about that Chip Zdarsky guy? And we got this in response to our last episodes. This actually came in uh, two, you know, for, in response to two weeks ago's episode. Uh, and it's from Nathan Butcher it says, is Chip Zdarsky the best on the stands? I got chills at the end of Cockburn 8 and Public Domain 1. That's all. Bye. So nice. In response to our, you know, best, who's the best on the stand? Um, guys, should we talk about the comics this week? There was a lot of comics this came out there, men's week. So and, many comics. And we had this weird thing happen where when we were at the beginning of the podcast, chronologically, in chrono time, in chrono space, at the beginning <laughs> of this endeavor, and we were trying to figure out which books we'd all read, uh, we kept being like, well, you guys read this. And then the other two would be like, no. And we did we did not overlap on our reading somehow this week because I picked I thought the ones that I read were no brainers. And then Roman had a new rule. But um, <laughs> I read 16 <laughs> comics. I read 12. Yeah. And then a bunch of stuff from last. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much of any read. We had a we had a overlap. We had a handful of overlap. Well, we decided to do a little cool thing, which is <laughs> we're going to we're going to give ourselves three minutes to talk about each of these different books and sort of let the others ask questions about the books that we've read, but we're going to do surprises. One book, however, that we did all read together is Batman 125 by Chipsy Dunk Dunk and art by Jorge Jimenez. So before we start our three minute game of taking turns, picking books, let's talk about this Chip Zdarsky book. Guys, uh, there's a writer that we all like on Batman. Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On Batman? Yeah. On Batman. Holy Gosh. hell. I'm Josh excited. Joshua Williamson, cool. <laughs> so James Tinian the Fourth wrote <laughs> Batman for a couple of years, and then Joshua Williamson just wrote him for I don't know, maybe maybe half a year, seven months, eight months. Yeah, it was pretty short. Yeah, not a huge amount of time because Jimmy TIV left, and then so this is a new writer's run. It's felt like it's been kind of coming for a while because Chip Zdarsky has been writing Batman the night and that's been pretty dang good and pretty well received. And he's also like one of the biggest names in writing comics right now, which is mm -hmm. kind of crazy because he's also a fantastic artist. <clears throat> and I don't can't think of somebody who is so active in comics and can write great comics and not do the art for them as well. Like, like the anyway, that's tangential. But uh, Batman 125, you guys, the time is now. Did you like it? I like it. Li uh, Do you like it? I liked it quite a lot. Oh, Django liked it. J Roman, do you like it? I'm I'm not doing. I'm American. I'm not doing no accents. Um, I did like that's it. True. That's all right. What do you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact. I like the fact it started with Alfred. It's it, you know it's set set in the past time. Uh, little little known fact for all the listeners: Roman has always called Alfred Alfred, <laughs> Alfred, <laughs> Alfred. Yeah, no, it was great to see Alfred in here. Croaky, uh, it's how the Americans do it. <laughs> oh, he called me Croaky, which is my favorite nickname. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved in that like the first page is Alfred's Alfred standing in the in the cave and That's played by Michael Caine. Alfred, 
as played by Michael Caine. And then the exact same panel in the exact same spot of a page is, you know, near the end of the book as well. And you can flip the pages back and forth. And it's like a flip book between before and after Alfred. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Good like it's, it lines up perfectly. That's and you wonderful. just sort of see the Batcave becoming decrepit with Alfred's, uh, uh, you know, missing personage. What is beeping that? Oh, it's that thing that pops up. Okay, never mind. It's the failsafe protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I yeah, talk? The... Hey, can I talk for a change? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go, I've, go I've, done, it, I've done all of the talking. Django, please go. <laughs> well, it's, it's just kind of interesting storytelling the way that the way that this story goes because it opens by saying another time and it gives us a page of Alfred. Alfred. Uh, Alfred. <laughs> and then it goes straight to Bruce's dream, but it doesn't tell us when the when the dream is. So that dream must be sometime after Alfred was killed, but before the failsafe protocol comes online at the end, because at the end it says now. Well, our... But spanning more time, I think, than we're used to. Yeah, our costume recognition would tell us, yes, it's certainly post this most recent era of Rebirth with, like, you know, Joshua Williamson writing Robin because he's got that new Robin costume and Joelle Jones' mm. Catwoman costume's on. Right. Yeah, and Robin, <clears throat> Tim, Tim Drake Robin refers to Bruce having lost his fortune. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, so... That was recently, because doesn't he have his fortune back now in other... Batman titles. But it's weird that on that first page, Alfred is walking around. In the Alfred. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. On that first page, Alfred is walking around and he hears the beeping. And then like, yeah, time has to go by. And then it goes to the Batcave now and the beeping is going on. Like how much time? So it's been beeping the entire time Alfred's been dead. <laughs> It's been beepy for a couple of years. <laughs> Bruce just never noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bruce has been that. gone. He hasn't been able to get into the Batcave. Oh, has right? he not been able to get into it? I don't think so because he's been, I think he's been working out of a, like a flat in Midtown or something. Alfred had the only set of keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Barbara Gordon have the place like uh, surveilled or something? You would God, think. I, don't I would know. think so. Well, I then, stopped reading Batman closely quite a while ago. Also, <laughs> when it says another time, uh, Alfred has two hands. All uh, right. So it's not in the new 52. Oh, my gosh. He has it is one the new hand 52. in the 52. No, he has one hand in Rebirth, right? I thought the he lost end the of the hand. new 52 that he lost his hand? Yeah. Or Fuck, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're comic professionals. Um, either way, it's just good to see Alfred again. Uh, yes. There's some interesting stuff that happens with Penguin. I thought there was a really strong kind of Tim Burton's Batman tone throughout this. The Penguin seemed most certainly like Danny DeVito's Penguin. Uh, I could just hear his voice while reading it. And I loved that Bruce goes to a party and has to uh, strip out of his suit and put the bat cowl on and his utility belt. Um, And just like the the way he looks there is like the, for me, the perfect mix of Indiana Jones and Batman (laughs) And it looks kind of like he he should unbutton that shirt, two more buttons, so he can sword fight Rash Al Ghul, <laughs> and like that that panel of him just getting ready to battle at the party is is probably one of my favorite Batman panels in quite a while. And he he keeps that ridiculous white shirt, black pants, utility belt <laughs> thing on until he gets to the hospital, which that was that was pretty dramatic. Why he had to go to the hospital? 
I love when you see yeah. Batman in his cow without like makeup around the eyes so you can see yeah. the skin there. I also there's Django. I, I have to t- back step for a second. I've heard people debate if it's Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul, but I've never heard it Rash al Ghul. I uh, I don't really like something Ra's on your al-Ghul. mind, bud. I like it. it's no, I just I I. I've been thinking, and I had an itch to say it that way. <laughs> and you know, those, those Lazarus pits, besides driving you insane, they give you a horrible rash. Yeah, they do. And hey, nobody is even paying attention to the apostrophe. It should be Asagul. Oh, Django, um, you hiccuped. Hey, Roman, did you hear that? Did you hear about when they shot <clears throat> Tim Drake through the throat? Oh my God! Spoilers, do you think folks. he's gonna be okay? He's gonna be okay because this is set sometime in the past did we establish i don't i think it's set now i think or i think it's now oh yeah because yeah because bat was bruce is broke or he's broke he's not a billionaire he's billionaire broke i love he'll be okay they can't kill tim yeah when they were bringing tim to the hospital i just love the way he was comparing it to like when jason got killed and you know the way he was like they even like showed they had to take off tim's mask and like change his clothing so that mm-hmm. he'd be able to drop him off at the hospital and stuff was just like very like painfully painfully realistic. Yeah, and, it, and I was, and, I was it, and Tim sitting there bleeding in the in the passage. Thing, I was like, "Geez, put some pressure on that or something, Batman." Yeah, Don't you have like a bat tourniquet you can well wrap around his neck. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. I never get shot in the neck around Roman. He's gonna, yeah. he's gonna yeah, yeah, choke yeah. me out. I have a vice for this. <laughs> get the super glue and the and the. <laughs> And These the anti age cream. Um, you guys ready to move to scores and then begin our three minute meltdown? The three minute meltdown is what we've always called it. Uh, I I think yes, but can we first? Yes, we talk absolutely briefly can. about the Catwoman backup. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys like that? I it's did. It's also written by Chip Zdarsky. Yep. With Balin Ortega uh, as the artist, and it's following Selena having an adventure. It seems like kind of post whatever has been happening in. Uh, valmont in in her own series i haven't been reading it um but i'm curious what this Val- valmont character is i think it's um, a town is, it's also a person yeah it's the name of that guy she was sleeping with in the first yeah. story oh i stopped reading it you didn't read it <laughs> the catwoman book the cat oh sorry the catwoman backup gosh we're a mess tonight <laughs> we really are everyone <laughs> i like the robot lawyer <laughs> yeah i liked him a lot yeah. and i like the idea of uh penguin having a bunch of spare kids we got to track down that's yeah fine. He's got a whole whole flock of children, apparently. I love that. Like, what kind of flock. twisted, fucked up person has yeah. sex with the penguin? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I can't wait to meet them. Oh, I bet he just artificially inseminated some penguins. That sounds like Danny DeVito to me. Walk, 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 walk. And I like that he brought back the the underboss character that Zadarsky or not Zadarsky that uh, you know Jimmy T. Jimmy T.I.V. Oh, um, I thought maybe that wants to be a Jimmy character. Yeah, yeah. So it was just nice to have it feel not like it was like a one shot. Also, um, or one one anyway. Um, the failsafe character. Do you think that it's holding Alfred's consciousness? Oh, Alfred found it, it like and, a failfert. Yeah, <laughs> like a failfert. Alfred found him at the beginning and backed his consciousness up <clears> into <throat> this machine, and that's how they're gonna somehow get oh, his consciousness fuck. into a human. If they can pull that shit off, uh, then my theory that DC is going to blow up the whole universe and reboot again is is over. Because I was thinking Alfred is the perfect uh, Alfred? Alfred is the perfect reason to like have a new crisis. You know, like Crisis A or something. Yeah, like a light crisis, Pennyworth crisis, Alfred crisis, Alfred crisis. crisis <laughs> on... Sorry, Roman. Crisis on infinite Alf- Alfreds. Oh yeah. 
Hey, so what are your scores now? Um, boys, boys, I gave it. A, I gave it an eight. Oh, I give it a nine. I gave it. I I did an exercise this week where I did no decimals, so it's all whole numbers, and I also <clears> gave it a nine. I'm going to do an exercise this week as well. Oh, kegels. No sevens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a kegel seven. <laughs> what am I standing in line at the grocery store? <laughs> what am I playing pool over here? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what am i in a pool over here <laughs> think i'm brushing my teeth right now no <laughs> oh wow someone's gonna write in and be like you guys don't know what kegels are just so you know that's not how it well <laughs> no we don't they are what we say they are well roman i think that django feels like he thinks he's an authority on keglin i think he does yeah. <laughs> keglin <laughs> Sounds like a Grateful Dead song. Crokey. Grateful Dead song. Crokey yeah. and the Keglin. Keglin Crokey. Keglin down the road. Crokin Kegly. <laughs> um, okay, people, I'm sorry. No one wants to fucking listen to this garbage. Okay, so we've got a game. Three minutes each. But before we go into that, we have an email from one very special man. Oh. Brian Garside. Oh, man. Brian went on a tour of comic stores with his kid. Oh. I was jealous. He went to another country to do it. He went to America. Oh, wow. He didn't come to ours in America? I think he's on the other coast. Ugh, doesn't we don't have those holes in the sky that transport you like the fucking Marvel movies oh, do. Okay, they're hexagons. Um, hello to my favorite comic shop I have never been to and my favorite comic shop team I have never met. <laughs> Brian G here, back from a whirlwind tour of Detroit, Michigan comic shops. Speaking of places I've never been, my question for you guys is what is the one fictional comic city you guys would want to visit? And what is the city you would be too scared to visit? I also, or I always imagine Bloodhaven like 90s Detroit where you locked your doors and didn't stop for red lights. But Dick seems to be building a little corner of Haven that is like little modern Detroit. That was a good a little corner of the. Oh, never mind. I just made up that pun. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I fucked up and lucked into something brilliant. <laughs> Full of a vibrant music, food, and art scene with just enough hint of danger to make it exciting. Also, Roman, 90 seconds of buckshot. Go. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Brian. This throws off our whole game. Yeah. Enjoy uh, your buckshot, loser. <laughs> Captain America setting a liberty number two by the uh, Kang Conqueror. Oh, wait. King. Sorry. I should be timing. This. I'm timing. Oh, oh sure. You. Somebody time this. This this is still this is definitely the better Captain America title because you know the other ones with Sam Wilson. But I'm enjoying this one a lot more. It's just a more cohesive story. It harkens back to his buddies from World War II, and they're they're kind of like his secret agents, like the Shadow. Yeah, um, and and he's Cap's running around and getting information from them and meeting with them and talking about strategy and everything. And there's some big mystery about the real meaning behind Captain America's shield. Mm -hmm. And so that's cool. Uh, uh, I read Poison Ivy number two. I like that a lot. Um, Just had some great information in the beginning about um, the cost of vegetarianism and how that's not the be all and save all that a lot of people think it is. And it's cool because it's it's still like a mystery, uh, a vertigo horror mystery title, which isn't what I expected. I really like Batman Killing Time number five. That was actually my favorite Bat title this week. it's my favorite Tom King store or title since Rorschach. And it was very cool. And the ending is awesome. I want to ask you guys about that. If you read it, uh, King Conan, number six legacy, number 61 last issue of this series, they wrapped up the storyline and, and maybe killed Conan at the end. Maybe. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, Marvel's losing the rights. So they're, 
winding down Conan stuff. You could say they don't have the right. They don't have the right. <laughs> Good one, Brian Garside. <clears throat> I forgot that there was a question embedded in that whole thing. But before we answer the questions, let's do some follow up on Roman's Bucky. And I didn't mean um, that as a Captain America thing. <laughs> Roman, I read Batman Killing Time. What did you want? Did, did, did oh. you know who that person was at the end? I did. And I, I didn't who expect is it. it. I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, uh, where's the issue? Here it is. It's a man who has a bowler hat. And, yeah. Well, and they glasses get, like like the dude in Sin City. Well, it's the Clock King. The page okay. before that, when he picks up the eyeball, I mean, because it says right there, are we two? Are we two not lifted to the heavens by the King of Clocks? And I was like, what is it going to be? It is the Clock King, dude. So that means that he's narrating the whole thing, yeah, right? Because it's yeah. all Which time based. Why it's all time based and called <clears throat> Killing Time? Yeah. Super yeah, like, cool. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Clock King. How old is he? Character-wise, like what? When, oh. when? When did he come about? I don't even know. I think he's been around at least since the '60s. Okay, maybe earlier. Um, I love your your comment about the the Sentinel of Liberty and Captain America feeling like he uh, has agents like the Shadow because it really did have those vibes. And yeah, and in the '80s Shadow, all of his agents are old, just mm. like this. Like he he comes yeah. back from shambhala and and all his agents are octogenarians oh yeah um and the cliffhanger and the like the, the thing about the shield i agree it was super super interesting um yeah yeah it's and cool the poison title. ivy kind of reminded me of uh black orchid from vertigo oh yeah yeah that's the one yeah yeah um okay. did, did you have some scores <clears throat> for those oh i do um, how many alfreds do you give them sentinel liberty i give eight alfreds alfreds batman killing time i give nine alfreds king conan was Oh, I gave it eight Alfreds. Actually, Maybe Roman, not. sorry. The, the the unit is Alfert. Alfert. I, yes. I, I forgot Alfert. it was D or T. Um, Poison Ivy, I, I gave 8.5. Alfies. 8.5. Al- okay, once again, it's Alfert's. Alfies. Alfert. 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 Like Alfort. Um, okay, so places you want to go. I was going to say oh. Bloodhaven mostly just from this <clears throat> current Nightwing rung, like like you just said, Brian. Um so that and then Krakoa. I want to be a part of the big drunken orgies on Krakoa. And this is fictional cities? Yeah. I'd like to go to, if we're doing two, uh, I'd like to go to Terminal City from the series Terminal City, which is oh. part of the Mr. X universe um, by Dean Motter uh, and Michael Lark. And I think the other one that I would probably like to go to, um, gosh, I think it'd be really cool to visit Wakanda. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, yeah. That would be good. I, thought, I thought it was one and you scared would want. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, one you want to go to and one you would be scared to. Gotham. Oh. Yeah, I'd be um, scared to go to Gotham. I'd be scared to go to whatever city they made the orcs in in, in that really long trilogy of movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that called? Mortal? We're doing, Rivendell. No. We're doing movies too? I thought it was just no. comics. <laughs> it's fiction. Oh, 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 anything. Oh, shit. Oh, look, we broke him. Yeah, that opens too much it way. choice. That well, I'm going to stick to comics because otherwise it opens it up too much. Breathe deep, tight, um, release. Yeah, yeah. I'd want to go to tight, super. I'd want release. to go to. Ah, I'd want to go to Super Town, um, you know, on New Genesis. Supertown. Yeah, and I would not want to go to uh, anywhere on Krypton. Yeah. Well, it depends That'd be on scary. What year? <laughs> um, oh, really? I, I don't want to. I don't want to go to that. The, the ca- I can't remember the name of the capital city of hell, as we've seen in various comics with mephisto and okay so we're off topic now um, no, we're not. oh Who's sorry fisto? i thought you were talking biblicals <laughs> me's fisto <laughs> i'm fisto <laughs> i don't like you either 
that was a Star Wars reference. That was uh, a good thanks. Um, all right, Django. Let's start this thing. I'm gonna get my timer out, and you get to make a comic offering. Begin. I'm gonna start with Starhenge. Yeah. Um, by Liam Sharp uh, and Liam Sharp and Liam Sharp. Okay. Mostly known for his art, but he wrote this book as well. And sometimes that goes well and sometimes it does not go well. Uh, the art is absolutely amazing. Um, there are some pages in here that I think are a little bit too realistic. Uh, and that that kind of bothered me. It's sort of the the Michael Gatos, David Mack sort of thing where they it, it seems like they're tracing some mm -hmm. some photographs. Um, that said, he's doing it in a way that those guys don't. And I appreciate it. The, the colors are really nice. The story feels like I think Jeff and Roman are going to really like this book when they read it because oh. the story feels Hickman intricate, oh. but not as not as sort of obfuscated as Hickman tends to do. If that mm. makes any sense. Okay. Um, so okay. it's it's really nice, huge time span in the storyline and almost like a Romeo and Juliet over the ages. Okay. Uh, there's some really grotesque sci fi fantasy stuff in there. There's a guy who's like four people tall and there's just normal people in the now. And uh, there's lots of ooky space stuff and sort of fantasy stuff. I wouldn't expect to like this, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit so Roman, do you have any questions for our fair compatriot here <clears throat> and isn't it at least in the beginning i did i, I started it so i've only got two pages in and, and isn't it um at least in the beginning kind of base is it irish mythology or or oh. uh, the first the whole first page is a quote from joffrey of monmouth the history of the kings of britain kings of britain okay um and it says did that like, whole, like for Celtic. the boar of cornwall shall bring sucker and that almost made me stop reading that that <laughs> prologue page I was like fuck if it's going to be like this this is, i'm going to have a real hard time um but it it chilled out and spoke english spoke spoke the president's english if you know what i mean <laughs> and uh how dense are we talking pretty dense it's it's a lot of words but it doesn't it's not a slog um and it's it's all interesting and the the after that first page it's almost conversational in the way that the the words are used so like they it says the cast wipe out wiped out the knights and everybody forgot forgets them completely oh, so it's 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 like thing. somebody kind of having a conversation or, or trying to write this history and uh i i liked it i liked it is there um oh we're out of time oh i mean you know is there what i was gonna ask is it um his art's always beautiful but in we had that problem in um reptilian where sometimes it was too dark and murky is there any any of that in this murky or any of the weird digital stuff that came about at the end of green lantern yeah there's there's some of both of those but it's not it's not throughout like the, the art style is is pretty consistent for what we've seen from him lately um but it's it's all more the painterly stuff and a little bit dark in places but that that other the one you're talking about felt almost like a misprint yeah. that it was so yeah. dark and this doesn't feel like that at all like you can tell what's going on pretty well so i'm gonna give a seven and a half i was gonna you give it seven space seven and a half space alfords seven and a half uh yeah alfords in space space alfort and liam Neeson <clears throat> did the whole oh, liam Neeson. cheese <laughs> <laughs> let my comics go <laughs> um he did the uh the entire thing writing drawing letters everything yeah wow. yeah yeah, it's it's impressive and good. 
So cool. Does Liam Neeson say, let my comics go? Is that a Bible reference? Let my people it's, go? It's from uh, Taken, I think. I thought just, giving back my I family. Don't, I don't <laughs> think either of those are right. You're both <laughs> thinking of uh, Jack Bauer from 24. I don't know. I, I haven't watched back my family. Everything you've just mentioned, I haven't seen. So. <laughs> let me be clear. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. And they're, they're reading comics. <laughs> I can pencil and ink and paint and color and letter and write. Careful, You're going to be sorry. Careful, Padawan. <laughs> I was trying to think of lines he had in that movie, but there's really not that many. And none of them Any are memorable. Any other movie? Yeah. <laughs> Calm yourself, Anakin. <laughs> um, Calm yourself, Obi-Wan. Okay. Do I go now? Ah, oh, fuck. I got cut in half. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Wait, no, that was Darth Maul. That was Darth Maul, yeah. Oh, fuck, I got stabbed in the gut. <laughs> did he? I can't remember his death uh, now. I don't remember uh, shit about that movie. Uh, All right, Jeff, you go. I'm going to talk about The Closet, number two. Roman, you did read this? I did. And Django, you didn't? Okay, well, I'll explain this to you while you get up and go out of the room. Um <laughs> <laughs> He'll like that joke when he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> hey, well, Roman, I thought this was very good. I like it. I thought that they leaned an insane amount into what a dipshit this dad is. <laughs> yeah. Um, like if he was maybe unlikable in the first issue, he is entirely unlikable in this issue. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So anyway, they, the dad and the son leave on the road trip across America. Jenga, we already made fun of how you left us in this time where we were explaining the comic to you. Oh, I needed a beer. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Drunky. <laughs> um, he packed the kid up. They're traveling across the country. He's unhappy in his marriage. And he's a total D-bag and they stop at his friend's house. And he has a hard heart with his friend while the kid goes to sleep. And of course, the closet tracks the kid down while the dad's out there by the fire getting talked to by his best friend, who's just sort of like, you're kind of a shitbag, dude. <laughs> and I really liked that. This is only a three issue series. Oh, wow. So there's only one more issue. I didn't realize Man, that. Comics and are I'll, getting shorter. I'll forego the spoiler at the end because <clears> Django, <throat> I want you to get it because uh, it's a good it's a good little nice cliffhanger. But uh, yeah, Roman, what do you think? I, I just I'm impressed by how good this like the character work was and it didn't feel like they were belaboring like this guy's a total shithead. But I like that instead of just showing us him being a shitty dad, like the his friend calls him on it and kind of talks about how he's in the way of his own life. I, I really like that bit. I, I did too. It was really that whole their conversation is so well done. And yeah. his buddy pointing out to him how he thinks he's fucking up. And then at the end of the conversation, when his buddy's like, okay, sorry, I overreacted. And, and, and the dummy, the dummy dad at the very end is like, good, I'll hold you to it. And, uh, and, and just totally the way they draw him. It's like, wow, none of this sunk in. You're still going to keep on messing up repeating your mistakes despite despite your old buddy telling you everything here that you really needed to hear you still didn't hear it yeah because then it goes back for one page them talking the dude goes on some another rant about just being a total fucking shithead and the friend just stands up and says like i think we should call it you have a long drive tomorrow <laughs> yeah and it's just like <laughs> wow um yeah like what a hopeless feeling to be talking to somebody so i just think jimmy t iv when not touching superheroes is very good yeah he's so good when it's not licensed characters and they're not a thing i dig in it otherwise so roman i'm curious how many <clears throat> uh closeted alfreds do you give this one? Oh, i gave it nine 
I'm going to give it nine as well. I wrote that on my page, Roman. Dang, oh. I feel like a dipshit. Yeah. Um, I what, feel what, like you're a dipshit too. What do you think is going to happen in the uh, in the next in the third issue? Because well, I end, don't want to. The end of this, many... yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's yeah. like, oh, yikes. Yowza. So, can we talk for a second about how comics went from like six issue arcs? to five issue arcs to four issue arcs. And now between this and what's the other one that's coming out right now, that's just three. Oh, is the, we killed or we, we hate demons or we well, killed demons. Both of those were Substack books. Yeah. So I wonder if there's some sort of rush to get those books into print or get them into uh trade paperback form. So I bet the I trade, would... the trades won't be much cheaper. Yeah, I would five or six think it's more related to like, so like <clears throat> to me, the question is, why are Substack things being three issues? Like, why does that mm -hmm. particular mode of injection are creators choosing to do three? Like, not necessarily like publishers wanting to get in a, a trade paperback earlier, but it's just weird. Like, these stories came out a while ago. Like, the We Have Demons mm -hmm. one, like, was came out a while ago. And those were big issues. But yeah, like, I don't know. Is there something maybe it's makes it for not a huge lifetime commitment for the artist, you know, like a year long commitment. You know, I, I don't know. Or maybe it's, it's like uh, like stories kind of naturally. Well, I guess probably Western stories to kind of naturally fall into a three act yeah. play. And we uh, we have to kind of mess with that with comics and, and ex extend and, and contract the, the act. Are you doing Kegel humor again? No, no, no. That's tighten and loosen. That's totally different. Okay, different than extending and contracting. Yeah. Um, Roman, do you want to take a turn on this magical merry-go-round? Sure. I'm picking I've started a your timer now. now. Oh, God. Um, well, let's talk about Adventures Forever number seven. Yeah, by... I took this home to read and because I keep hearing great things about it, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been reading all along, and though so far this is maybe my favorite issue. Mm. Um, Avengers Forever is about... Uh, about 32 pages. It's it's about it's about it's like another joke. It's another multiverse story because uh there's Avengers from very different multi universes all brought together to fight the multiversal masters of evil. Oh. Um and Robbie Reyes from the regular 616 universe has gone there to try and gather Avengers from all across the universes um, to combat these. And, and he's, he's been converted into the all writer. So he's like ultimate cosmic ghost writer, except even more so, but this issue, um, the whole issue. And I think this is what you guys like. The whole issue is a group of strangers thrown together into a prison wing and they have to learn to get to tolerate each other and then to try and escape from here. And there's all kind of all the, <clears throat> the almost stereotypes there, but they're all Steve Rogers from different universes, Oh, which, which doesn't mean they're necessarily Captain America's. They're just all right. Steve Rogers. And what and it starts off, you know, and it's marked down by days. It starts off with one of them who keeps on trying to escape. Cause there's this door that opens every day, two doors swing open and you don't know what's on the other side. And the one dude who kind of looks like a big handlebar mustache and long hair and everything, every time he charges it and, and charges through it and something hurls him back. And he keeps on doing this. And the other guys, there's like the weak glasses, artist looking Steve Rogers. And there's the kind of chunky, sad, depressed Steve Rogers. And there's a mysterious Steve Rogers that's in the shadows in his cell. The doors open every day, but he never comes out of his cell. And he's just some great big hulking guy in the shadows. And there's a dog. Steve Rogers from obviously a, a dog 
planet <laughs> and, and they slowly get to know each other and then eventually you know one of them joins the guy that always tries to escape and two of them try to escape and eventually the dog joins them and they all try well, to escape don't spoil it for me i want to read it but I, yeah yeah this... that's just that's just the setup i mean there's lots more that happens so that... i feel like jail cells are always well lit did the shadows come over from the other universe too Oh, they do. They do. Okay. Lamont, Lamont Cranston's in that one cell, oh, right. keeping things shadowy. You're right on back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there's our timer for that <clears throat> one. Yeah, I I also love that multiversal Masters of Evil or whatever. I love them when they showed up in Jason Aaron's run. So that's one of the other reasons I want to be reading this book. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, and this one because it's Steve Rogers. They all the way they, especially the the artist wimpy looking one, the way him and the other guy that's always trying to escape inspire the other ones and the conversations they have. It's like oh, this is this is like the great stuff in prison escape movies. Mm. I uh, yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Also, I love that cooter art. Yeah, he's yeah, amazing. Um, you could consider Kegels a cougar cooter art. <laughs> I don't. I think Kegels takes too long to say. I think we should change it to Keegs. Yeah, I like short for Kegels. Keegs. Keeglin. Doing my Keegs. My, I'm Keeglin. You Keeglers. Keegies. Keeglin. Keeglin. Keeglin on the river. <laughs> um, um, so how many how many Alfred Keegles do you give it? I, Alfred tights. It gives Alfred the tights when he does the Keegles. Alfred. Alfred. Keegles. Alfred's Keegs. I gave it eight and a half Alfred, Alfred Keegles. Alfie. Alfred's. It was a tight book. Score. It was Jim a tight Alfred. book. It sounds that tight. sounds like a good book. Yeah, it does. Um, Django, you're back up in the rotation. Oh, gosh, it's my turn. I read a book called The Ballad of Gordon Barleycorn. Uh, it's from Black Caravan. It's, uh, I'm sure, uh, on some level, shepherded by our buddy, the co-publisher of Black Caravan, Joseph Schmalky. Schmalky. Uh, written by Colin McHugh and Duncan Slee. Uh, illustrated Gee. by Colin McHugh. Um, this is a super weirdo indie comic. And kind of reminded me of the uh the one that we read uh, a couple weeks ago um oh crap i can't remember the the title of it now the the one that uh the the that sam sent it's oh called yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah the, the transmigratory cream. adventures of philip k in the land uh, of the in-betweeners suddenly i feel yeah. less bad for not remembering that yeah um uphill battle but this is like this is just kind of a, a dude who's down and out and doesn't have a lot of money and and uh plays guitar in this world where you know there's giant turtles for cars and a, his buddy's this weird little troll with a giant hat and he he meets a guy in a convenience store and they come up with this scheme to do a puppet show to entertain the masses and the the guy who's doing doing the puppets just keeps growing more and more arms as the story gets more and more complex it's a lot of um, arms. Yeah, that that thing I'm showing you is like half the arms that he eventually ends up with. And it's this this feels like it would be kind of a squishy, hard to understand, kind of terrible Uber indie comic and it's not. It it's very linear and absurd and just kind of hits hits on all cylinders for me. So What do you think I would like the most in it, Django? Um probably cuz that the guy plays guitar like you. Mm, I play guitar. He's a guitarman. Do you want me to get it? I could play a little soliloquy. You could. Little... You could you could probably play this song. There's nowhere left to run. Yeah, baby, let's jump. Our rapture has begun. So don't, don't stop staring at the sun. It's pretty close to a chant, you fuck. <clears throat> pretty close. Uh but but he's he's not sure about his skills. He doesn't really want to play guitar, but it ends up saving the day. It's and it's basically the Jeff story, but with a guy who's got 17 arms for puppets. You should see me play the guitar. I mean, I see the guitars behind you all the time because you like to you like to make sure we all know you got them. I want to make but, sure you uh, know that I know that you know. 
yeah, it's it's. I think you would both really dig this, um, but probably not as much as I dig it, dug it. I'm going to give it an eight, and I'm going to guess that Jeff would give it a seven, and Roman would give it a seven and a half. I like that addition to the game. Um, you've expired your time because on the second round we're doing two and a half minutes. It's Ooh, shrinking. and silently, I like oh this gosh. game. Yeah, did is this is it a one shot or is it a continuing? Hard to tell with a schmalk. I don't really know. It oh. it's it puts a period at the end of the story. Oh yeah, uh, there's another one. Looks like there's another one coming. The head trip. St- the head trip starts continues is what it says. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. I recommend this comic. Black Caravan. Schmalky. The Ballad of Gordon Barleycorn. Do I go now? You go now. And, but it's two uh, and a half minutes. You, you, you keg. I will. I'll keg. You keg. I keg. Um, I read Mind Management Bootleg Number 1 by Matt Kent with art by Farrell Dalrymple. And mm. you could be asking or thinking to yourself, well, I've never read any Mind Management, so I'm not going to read that. Well, I haven't either. Okay. <laughs> All right. This isn't like a club you can't be a part of. It's comics, okay? It's got a number one on it. And even if it doesn't, you can still read it. Um, immediately, Jesus, bud. Yeah, sorry. Immediately upon opening it, it's on this really nice uh, newspaper-y paper stock. And it's this awesome story about that. Well, it's very Matt Kent in that, like, the it starts, like, the first page has this kind of, like, old-looking advertisement for a bunch of stuff, and I didn't read it. And then I, like, read two pages and in one of those pages he's reading a comic and in that comic is that page mm. but the only part of it that it shows is a small part of the text that says um this is uh you're considering just skipping this altogether to get to the main narrative many of you already have some will circle back and read this later most will forget and never re- so i was like well fuck you so then i went back and reread the whole thing <laughs> the whole book is that meta and i've never read mind management and i don't know how much of that is an experiment in doing that same thing but this whole book uh involves comics is about comics is about meta subtext is about like you know at some point he talks about there is no wasted space all information contains something so like it then propels you to read the whole comic and at the end of the comic there's like three or four pages of script which isn't unusual for comics but it says the following is a sample script for mind management bootleg issue one for those readers that would enjoy seeing the process of making the comic book but it's page 23.5 which there is not and it's like it's got all of the dialogue from him writing to Farrell about these panels that don't exist for a sequence that doesn't happen. Awesome. And but it's also like him being really cocky and being like, I know it's five panels and comic artists don't want to drop five pants. Like it's he's a character. Um, it's it's really, really interesting. I yeah, I and then there's like a weird like four, it's so it's so much comic, but in the good way, not like just dense comic, like the back cover and the front cover are both things. And there's like messages in text that are hidden by like like uh, like at the final page there's like this mind management, the game that uses your mind. And it's got these two kids and this aged thing. Um, but if so you, is it if you look at the, the blue words in the advertisement they happen like every 20 or 30 words in the description of it. And it says, this is an actual game order. Now, like nice. there, it, all of this weird stuff hidden in it. It it was, it is so awesome. It's so awesome. Did it feel like it fits in with those other books that he was doing? I've never read them or even looked at them, but yes, it is related to it. There's a picture okay. of a character that's on the cover of one of those pages, okay. but it all like basically takes Apparently some crazy thing happens probably at the end of that series and this whole city is destroyed. But then like this misinformation organization 
um, kind of covers it up. And the only people that survive are these four kids. And then this main character is one of those four kids, but you don't need to have read anything, but it like does these meta statements of like, yeah, like we've always been here, like making sure that organization stays like accurate and good. And like, may we make the world a better place. And then like, think about the last six years of us not being here and look what's happened. So we came back <laughs> like the whole book is anyway, I gave it a 10, <clears throat> 10. I think Django would have given it an eight. And I think Roman would have given it an 8.5 to be fair. To be fair, the week he released that book, Elon Musk decided not to buy Twitter. So he's he's on to something. He's correcting he's the errors. It's also, I think, the most um, tight and concise uh, Feral Dalrymple keg. I mean, art that I've ever seen. Uh, it's like the best. I think Feral Dalrymple has oftentimes done books that are hard to understand, kind of like Mike Alred. Mm -hmm. um that can be like maybe enjoyable or not enjoyable and this one is like the art itself is very straightforward so you really just get to relish his way of telling like looking at a world rather than you know i don't know that i love his storytelling as much as i love his art so right 10 roman what do you think about all that i just said i want to read it it's very intriguing i think that you'll like it it's yeah. almost like Matt Kent has been doing Kegels to to strengthen his his writing skills. He has. And like in those uh, script pages in the back, he says like, yeah, and there's like use a sound effect here, but you make it a bang, but use the title S add SFX bang. Use the logo from the comic book bang for this SFX. Like so he's nice. still linking all of these things together. And it's like doing like dimension. There's like reality. We call that Stephen jumping. Kinging. Yeah, it's really, really pretty impressive. I I love if all of his story kind of stories at the end make this kind of magnum opus. I just really want to somehow go back to uh, Green Valley. And by Green Valley, I mean Garden State. And by Garden State, I mean, <laughs> what's that book we loved? Grass Kings. Grass Kings. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, 10 kegels is, for me. Is 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 this is it a new mind management series or is this just continuing the old yeah, it's number one it's mind management oh, okay. bootleg number one and it's fantastic sweet it trips up the reader in a wonderful way <clears throat> roman are you ready for 180 seconds no 150 seconds all to yourself no you get to share them with us as much as you'd like and we'll ask you questions if you run out of words go I can't decide between that Texas blood and dark crisis. Well, which, which do you Ooh. think I should do? Let's do that Texas blood. Number yeah. 15. Um, uh, this is such an amazing series though. I do wish this is a comic. I, I wish they'd recap on the inside front cover. What happened in the previous issue? Cause usually with these, I start these and I, it takes me a couple pages to remember what the story is about who people are. Um, this is set a little ways after a previous storyline, like, like five or six years later. And um the the guy who was the deputy is now the <clears> sheriff um and there's been a woman was at law school graduated law school came back to town um this little nowhere texas town uh because she loved it so much and she gets murdered in a horrible way and so they're investigating the first issue they found her um they're starting the investigation now apparently there's a escaped serial killer that's somewhere maybe in their neck of the woods so of course they're all worried about that and it's just so good how our sheriff, whose name I've forgotten, Joe, uh, Alfred. has to go, Joe Alfred, has to go um, tell the parent, the dad, what's happened. And just the way it's done, it's it's beautiful artwork um, by Jacob Phillips. And it's mostly done silently, and it's a, it's middle of a snowstorm, and the sheriff pulls up, and, you know, it's just the way they look at each other, the gestures, the sheriff takes off his hat, and, you know, when the sheriff shows up on your doorstep and takes off his hat, that's, that's always a bad sign. Yeah. And it's just a really touching scene. I mean, they say a few words and the tears, the final panel's great. 
And then it goes back to the sheriff's station and the woman who took the initial call and found out about it, you know, how she's still really, it's a small town. Everybody knows each other. She used to babysit this girl that came back to town and got, got murdered. COVID. And there's the doofy, the doofy other sheriff's office guy that starts instantly speculating sensationally about if it's the serial killer and what it all means. And if there's, you know, what's all the salacious details and they kick him out and it's just a good mystery building up. And dude, the, the amazing thing about that book and this, this issue is probably one of the best issues it's been out and it's been in a fabulous comic so far. Just the art is doing a lot of the acting and also the, the writing is doing a lot of the acting. Like you really, really believe every one of these people and it's not yeah. just when the sheriff is is telling the father that his daughter was dead it's like every single interpersonal relationship in this is the most believable comic you've ever read yeah yeah even when the sheriff goes yeah and he talks to the uh guy at the local radio station it's just a just a brief appearances of this guy mm-hmm. and you feel like wow this is really genuine this guy is he's not he's not a slick dj city type uh, but he knows what he's doing here and he knows the sheriff and the way the sheriff reaches up and kind of stammers at first with the microphone and then the next panel or he kind of reaches up and adjusts it and it looks like he grabs the bottom of the mic to pull it down Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just great little details like that there's Mm -hmm. there's the interaction where the deputy is trying to tell the sheriff like no we need to tell the town that this serial killer's out there and the sheriff doesn't want to do it and just that conversation reminded me of of you know like jeff and i not being on the same page and then just discussing something and getting to a point i was where, gonna make a joke that that was okay. like you and i yeah yeah, like, yeah. It, it really it's 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 <clears throat> so good and it's a fucking crime that we we sell four copies and yeah. one is to me and one is to dan brooks and one is probably to roman <laughs> one is for i think we have three or four subscribers <laughs> and i think three of them are work people it's crazy yeah. And one is Debro. No, we yeah. have three subscribers. It's me, Dan Brooks, and Roman's yeah. Roman's library. So like <laughs> it's it's a book about crimes, and it's a crime that nobody's reading this. Have they it's had a an tight issue comic. about it? About the fact that no one's reading this book yet? Yeah. It's so <laughs> Not good. yet. They gotta talk to Matt Kent for that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um would you give it, Romy? Yeah. Nine point five. I give it a wow. ten. There was zero things wow. that I thought were wrong with this. Yeah, book. you know, actually, yeah, I'll give it a ten, actually, because wow. as I said that, I thought there's no reason not to give this a ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone let yeah. that cat out of the bag. What? <laughs> okay, Django, this next one's only gonna be a minute and thirty seconds. How do you feel? Oh, about I like that? this. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. this. Are What's we your are, next one? This is Occam's Occam's shortening. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Prodigy, the Icarus Society, number oh, one. Oh. Mark Miller, Matteo Buffagini. Buffagini. On colors. It starts with a disgusting, disgusting panel. And then it's got a handful of other disgusting panels. And then we meet this character who we met in the original Prodigy series. Um, and then a few pages later, they just kind of explain how smart this guy is like the idea is that as a kid he decided to to learn all this cool stuff and and just be the best possible human specimen and he's pulled it off and so he's a he's kind of a private eye when his brain isn't doing other more important shit like solving all the problems in the world and this that's a tricky thing for a a creator to do because that means that the creator has to convince you that they are smart enough to write a story about a person Mm -hmm. who's smarter than everybody else. And the way that he does it in this is really interesting. Um, He races a cheetah at one point and somebody's like, Hey, do you ever, uh, have you ever beat the cheating? He's like, Oh no. Uh, 
I close the gap every time I race one. That's all that really matters. And so it's just a it's it's just a superhero who's always trying to be a little bit better. And the way that that's that's illustrated in the book is is cool. And the you know the rest of it is like Mark Miller window dressing and just absurd and violent and loud. I've never understood what your obsession with watching Mark Miller dressed through the window is, but I do think that this sounds like a good comic. Uh, come over to my house and watch him with me. Oh man, if I had a dollar, um, I'd cover the bus fare to get there. I think I think this is a good jumping on point, even though it's a sequel series. Um, I'm terrible at remembering what happened in the past, and I was not lost whatsoever in this book. So um, I, I recommend it to anybody who likes that kind of nonstop uh, Mark Miller nonsense. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give it I would give it an 8.0 if it was from anybody else, but I expect I expect his stuff to be this good. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Nice. Um, so, Jeff, do you need a minute and a half for your next one? Um, but I think it would be better if it was a buckshot. So go. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that you did that. Um, well, then I'm going to. OK, Dark Crisis. Number two. I liked a lot. Joshua Williamson. Uh, the art's really good. <clears> this. Um, not somebody who Daniel Sampier. It's good. There's just a great kind of double page battle scene between uh, Nightwing and Deathstroke. I just want to know when Deathstroke got that stupid tattoo on his head. Then, <laughs> That's Jimmy TIV. He probably fucking did it. Yeah. And then there's a great Hank Henshaw cyber, you know, cyborg Superman appearance. The Deathstroke hires. He's working for him and he fights Superman. And I, I really like cyborg Superman um, just from like getting a deck of like superman trading cards when i was a kid they were all the death and return of superman so i was like who is this guy he's awesome and you know he fits here uh this book seems thematically and plot wise to be very similar to flashpoint beyond there's times where i can't quite even tell which one was which because they kind of both end with this like yes i'm going to reluctantly lead a team and we need to gather the people that will be on this team to fight this large oncoming dark force um which is just weird to have like I don't know in terms of advertising. I think that dark crisis is their biggest book, like their biggest event thing right now. But flashpoint beyond is also following these really similar arcs. And I think, well, I don't think this issue was better than that issue. I think I like flashpoint beyond more. It's a pretty well done mystery and it's a good, it's a good, it's a good one. They're both good. I give dark crisis number two, a nine. Wow. I did that. And then I did Flashpoint Beyond at eight. I think that probably they both could have been, there could have been an argument for them being 8.5. Um, but uh, that's 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 how I feel about that. I'm curious what you guys are thinking of. I think we all read Dark Crisis and maybe all read Flashpoint <clears throat> Beyond. What are your thoughts on those books? I think I would give Dark Crisis an eight and I'd give Flashpoint an eight and a half. Something just appeals to me a little bit more about the Flashpoint stuff. It's it a might little be... noirier. It's a little detective-y noir more. I mean, it's a little more Batman and um and it's got ties to Watchmen. you know like yeah. they're talking about jenny slater's watch throughout and that's that's uh dr manhattan's girlfriend and in that final page where there's a big time cracking shot it's you got a big glory shot of dr manhattan down there yeah yeah and it's got the the kids doing the timekeeper stuff with uh rip rip what's his name rip hunter, hunter. rip torn rip torn is what i was rip thinking torn. too this Dude, is the I, path i did such a hard kegel in line at the bank the other day that did i you? ripped and tore ripped yeah, on that's why i don't do them anymore um mm. and i love that shot in flash or point beyond of like the dead zoom character with like the blood spelling tick like I, there's a great yeah. murderous mystery going on there yeah. um, it's a shame that they've kind of put jeff johns's storytelling in the back burner at this company because he's definitely better than joshua williamson <laughs> Oh, so now I do my other one? 
Yeah, now you do your other one. You got a minute and a half for another book. I read Promethe by Andy Ooh. Diggle and art by Sean Martin, bro. And I thought Andy certainly Diggle both of you were going to have read this nah. and you didn't. And it, um, to cap, to recap it, it's like there's this lady who's about to give a, a presentation at this convention for like UFO people. Um, the UFO Research and Investigation Alliance. And she's really, really nervous. And she like takes some pills right before she, she goes out there. And they're anti-psychotic pills. And what we learned at the beginning is that she is somebody who became very famous after telling all these stories of having been abducted by an alien. And the first thing she does when she goes out there is says that that was all a lie. And she has psychotic delusions. And then she passes out and then has this kind of biblical revelations dream, which she's had. And the guy that was talking to her at the beginning that had like brought her there was like, no dude, you're a precog. And like, and she's like, no, I'm not. And he just like shoots the shit out of this person and he kidnaps her. And she's like freaking out, trying to get out. And he takes her to this organization and um, they start, you know, kidnapping her and she thinks she's safe. Um, and it, the reveal at the end is that like the world's about to end. The world ends in two days and they give her these drugs like help her remember things and she has these like flashbacks and then it's interspersed with this weird narrative of uh, some space people going off in the spaceship into space in a spacey spaceway and um and something happens out there they see an alien so we don't know yet but so there's a weird tie of some weird space stuff that happened with this lady who thinks that she maybe got directed by aliens but then is in denial about it and there's an organization that wants her truth truth to be shared um so you're not the biggest diggleman I wouldn't, I, right. I wouldn't call myself a Diggleman, no. Not a Diggler. No, I would call myself a Diggler, but I wouldn't call okay, myself not a Diggleman. Diggleman. No, yeah. Did it feel like Diggle? It doesn't look like Andy Diggle to me. It diggled my senses for sure. Diggle, 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 diggle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but it diggled my senses for sure. This is the new segment we call No But. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's still yes ending because I'm saying, yes, that's a thing, but it didn't quite do that. It did this eh, other thing. It's kind of more of a, a yes ain'ting. It's more like a yes, no, play my game. It's um, kind of like, uh, no, but, and then I say. No, it's not quite like of. that. It's more of a aliens and space thing um, and conspiracy and organization. You know, there's, it feels like there's a little bit of like Department of Truth in there. And like, just there's some conspiracy stuff coming down the wire and alien stuff. And it was pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah, it's pretty good. I gave pretty it good. a 7.0. Uh, okay. The art was not super <clears throat> impressive, but it's like, if you want to compare like a blaze and behemoth, mm -hmm. you know, like both kind of came out around the same time with some good stuff at the beginning. A blaze, I think, is like a full tier, higher quality than behemoth. And who so, is like, the, this is a blaze? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, if if you're a diggleman, it'll diggle your senses. If you're not a diggleman, you wouldn't call yourself a diggleman, but you would might maybe well, maybe you'd be a diggleman, but certainly not a diggler. Okay. Um but that, that, yeah. That's clear. That's yeah. clear. Yep. As as a clear thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Django. Um, Roman, you have one and one half minute left. Go. Astronaut down one? number two. <laughs> the buckshot. Um, is this a buckshot or a minute and a half? You already Same did thing. your buckshot. Oh, oh, that's right. I did. The world bled into itself tonight. Just a like the Lord plus. into a cup of wine. It's like a 30 odd six here. Like oh. Russell Brand. Into a it's like 13, 13. Astronaut down number two. Um, this is such an excellent series. Again, more multiverse stuff because everybody loves the multiverse nowadays. Um, sure but this is so this is hard science fiction because um, the astronauts in this are 
astral projecting knots. Mm. And at the end of the first issue, our hero, the only astronaut that survived this new process, has been cast into himself in an, in a different multiverse, a different universe. And he knows it, but no one else knows it. They're trying to track him down. NASA doesn't know what happened to him. Um, in this issue, he's <clears throat> he's in him his other self's body and talking to his wife, because in this other universe, it, and he notices the sky is green and talking to his wife. Um, he doesn't tell her what's happened, but he gets information out of her that found out in this universe, the big, huge disaster that's destroying the, the earth in his universe and is about to destroy humanity. Well, in this other universe, humanity actually came together and figured out, used science and figured out how to save everyone. Go on. And, 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 and he's amazed at this. And he's like, how do I get this information back to my earth to save what's left? And that's all the issue is, is him trying realizing this and trying to figure out, holy shit, it worked. And then he finds out from another one of his friends in this universe from Na- at NASA that, oh, and they also figured out how to astrally project their astronaut selves and get them back. Because that's the other problem. His universe, they haven't quite figured out he's how on to success. Yeah. They ha- and it's a two-way trip in this other universe. So he's like, oh my God. I'm so close and yet so far. Dang, that do does do <laughs> sound awesome. I do need to read those. I, I love how that, that sounds. Django, you both have really, really dug that. I'm curious, yeah. when they're like astral projecting, are they working with NASA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. NASA is, is a big part of the, the scene there. NASA okay. is like the guys. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I think that, that that book has such a complex and convoluted reason for the drama and then a super intricate solution where they're they're projecting and, and going to these different universes. And it's it sounds like a total mess when you try to explain what's going on. But when you're reading yeah. it, it's doled out in a way that is super clear and super easy to follow. And you really like it. It took half an issue for me to really like his girlfriend from another universe. I, I, it's 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 a spectacularly well done book yeah there's so many moments where you're like as you as with the character you're realizing oh wow that oh <clears> cool <throat> this could work maybe yeah yeah <laughs> and the covers are beautiful what'd you give it um i gave it a nine i think i would too the the art is the art's really good it's almost uh uh araho it, it's like mm, like yeah. simplified araho for me yeah that's a good description I would give that one an eight and a half. Cool. You eight and a half nieces? Eight and a half nieces. Nice. Alfred is a NASA. An Alfred or a NASA, they say. Uh, uh, Alfred uses the toilet at NASA. You have 90 seconds, Django. Go. Okay. I read three books this week that I want to talk about briefly. There's something wrong with Patrick Todd. I liked it quite a bit. It's weird. It's uh, the art's good. It's from Aftershock. You should read it. Uh, Saga. Good cliffhanger. Now we have to wait six motherfucking months for the next issue. What? Fuck you, hiatus? Brian K. Vaughn. The Joker 15. Also, it's really good. So thank you, Brian, Brian K. Vaughn. Joker 15 is like the last uh, 10 pages of a Hardy Boys book where they recap the entire 14 issues that came before <laughs> it and then uh, wrap up the story. Pretty good stuff. I also want to talk real briefly about the books I read last week because we didn't do a podcast last week. Sins of the Black Flamingo is great. It gives like crime crime doing reasons for this guy to be wearing like the most fabulous sparkly gayest mask in the world it gives us golems in a way that i've never thought golems were interesting and it uh it's just super super well done andrew wheeler travis moore tamara bonneville 
Very good. Um, also, the Chip Zdarsky public domain. This is not a comic about superheroes, but it's a comic about the creators of superheroes. It's got a good cliffhanger. Badass. Um, I could I could look at that guy's art all day, and I'm glad he's on Batman, but also I, I miss him drawing things quite a bit. Also, I read Mindset by Zach, Ka- Zach Kaplan and John Pearson. John Pearson is drawing some fucking great stuff in this feels like uh bilson kevich at his most bilson kevich and also read the variants jessica jones gail simone phil noto yeah do you think <sighs> tamara bombion gets a lot of jokes about being a bond villain probably or she, yeah she probably likes it or she would have changed her name oh my god i didn't even think about that you can be anybody you want in comics yeah you can uh Guys. let's get let's let's let, let me shit out some scores here oh, patrick I'm sorry. Todd, something I'm wrong sorry. with patrick todd seven and a half saga eight joker 15 Oh, Jesus. No joker. Six and a half for the issue, but probably a seven and a half or an eight for the for the series. Um, Sins of the Black Flamingo gets a nine. Public Domain gets a nine and a half. Mindset gets a nine and the variance gets a seven and a half. Can I can I jump in about the Joker? Because I read that after yeah. I haven't read it since like issue seven or eight. Um, so I read like the first half of it and you both have lauded it like so highly throughout the series. Like you've given nines and tens to multiple issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I'll give this a go. I got, again, it's not a number. It's, it's comics, baby. Just comics. Open your mouth. The last issue of a 15 ticket, issue mystery. Buy the ticket. Take the rat. I read the first half. Um, no, I, I, you know, I wanted to see how they were, what they were wrapping up with. And I think I lucked out because I think while maybe it was not awesome for you to have so much story retread in it, it was awesome for me because I was like, oh, sweet. I didn't read half of it. And you just told me all of this stuff. So I dug it. I don't think at any point that it was not a high quality book. Um, and I, yeah. that, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that I'm sure the issues I didn't read were great. And I enjoyed the ones that I did read. And I liked the way that it ended, ended story wise. I gave that issue a 7.0. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. I you was know, like, I was actually a little Jimmy harsh than, on it. Better Jimmy than other stuff. But Braden made the good joke. I was like, did you read Joker 15? He's like, you mean Gordon 15? And I think that's uh, it. Yeah. Uh, I gave uh, a seven frozen Alfred. I think you mean Gordon. 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 I didn't. Um, yeah, I. you're right. It deserves a little bit better. Um, yeah. It's a better issue than I said. It's a better I'm issue. I'm surprised that your score for the overall series was a little bit higher. I thought it was a pretty good series. I like yeah. I like the exploration of of Gordon's relationship with the Joker because a lot of times it's filtered through Batman and Batman is barely in this whole book. Big complaint being that this is how Gordon found out about Babs being Batgirl, with no repercussions or ripples outward. This not being a Black Label book, just like the most unceremonious revelation of a really important thing for a really important character and an important relationship. Is I would have done it. I would have asked for twelve issues if I could have changed something. Roman, what were you gonna say? Well, is it how he found out? Because I thought he revealed that he knew in the three jokers series that's out of continuity costumes are all ah. and i don't even i don't even remember that but i bet you're right but i do remember yeah like in the first two issues of this like yeah there's a there's a big revelation about that which gets stuck in my craw a little bit but whatever dude comics are good yeah they jeff are, you gotta them. flip through mindset yeah i will it's it's gorgeous Jeff, it's my oh my god what, yeah. what'd you think of thor did you see it no um i thought it was fun <clears throat> you know I can't remember what score I gave Will last night, but I think I would give it, I don't know, seven to a 7.5. I thought it was fun and there was nothing in it that I really liked. Well, there was two things that I liked quite a bit, but there was, was it nothing. Lefty in and righty, her left and right arms. Oh, yeah. That, Gorge, was my, if you will. that was my vacation week. Thank you, everyone, for letting us take a week off. Mm-hmm. I was out of state and mm-hmm. it was fun. It was and fun. I had a good time. Altered state. 
Don't yeah. tell me you weren't. You said you had Bloody Marys every breakfast. I had Bloody Marys every single day, sometimes more than one. I just Blurry went from place to place ordering, trying to find out all the best Bloody Marys. My favorite was Wanda's in New Halem in Oregon. Wanda's in New Halem, Oregon also has the bloodiest Mary. Probably the best huevos rancheros I've ever had in my entire life. Oh. And I, they're one of my favorite breakfast foods. And I think it's the best I've ever had. Unlike any I'd ever had. Amazing. Can I make a recommendation? Please do. Dots in Portland. Also, good Bloody Marys, waitresses with tattoos, and Is that where we labels. went with uh, your friend that was like a internet star for a minute? Oh, Hoofy. Yeah. yeah, I think is so. Is that where we went? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think we had Bloody Marys cool. there. Yeah. Every, everybody there is cooler than we'll ever be. God, Will's like pretty cool, though. I don't know. I don't think you need yeah. to bring Will into this. He's a cool guy. Well, you know, how many kegels can you do in one sitting? I've seen uh, Will. Sorry, one standing. standing. Yeah, I've seen Will. We did mini golf last night. And he keggled the entire time, as far as I could tell. Also, I yield. Uh, Nathan, Will, and Sean and I went out last night. And God bless his soul, Sean was so <laughs> hungover and throwing up so violently after that night that he had to stay home from work today. And we had to have some people come in and cover shifts. And I stayed a little bit late because he got so sick. God bless you, Sean Marshall. You are the saint. of. You're a Peter Parker. You're the best of all of us. You and Ashton. You're like an older Ashton. You're like you two. God, amazing boys. Boy, guys. Boy, yeah. boys. Boy, hey. men. Holy men. boy. Holy boy. Boys to men, eh? Holy men, boys. Oh, Alfred's. Oh. Alfred's? Alfred's and Naces. If you're going to take anything away from this, it's Alfred's, Naces, and Keegs. Yep. Naces and Keegs. Keegers. Hey, Keeger. Keeger. Hey. Give me a cold key. You can send us emails at Jeff at the comicsplace.com. And if you wouldn't mind <clears> tossing, you know, something in the subject line that says Papcast or something. Uh, that's great. Also, I'll find it either way, I bet. Um, but emails are wonderful. We got three this week. That was amazing. Brian Garside is officially not dead to us. Oh, it's Will about Elmer, time. Officially not dead to us. And Nathan Butcher, officially not dead to us. Uh, Jason Waite, uh, double call out. I saw you today. You know that we called your name out. You got to prove that you're not dead to us by sending us an email. Everyone who's listening at this point needs to prove that they're not dead by sending us an email. Jeff at mm -hmm. You can also record a voice memo on your phone and attach that voice memo and email. It's really easy. Just open up your voice recording app on your phone, record a thing, and then hit the little go to, like, you know, send off button. And you can send it to me. You can email it to me. It's great. 1619 um, I don't know if that phone number still works. No, I don't think it does. I was just curious if I remembered it. 7336. You think so? Pretty sure. 669-619-663-7336. I think so. Um, man. Do you think we should talk about what we're going to read next time? Like, I, I like to do something. It. I like doing it this way, but uh, we, I mean, I cannot believe that we did. Like, I was thought for sure you guys are going to read Mind Management and Promethee. I think this, this is one of my favorite episodes that we've done in, in a couple of months. Not that this is the magic formula or anything, but okay. uh, we do both like jazz music a lot. Oh, you know what? It was the Kegels. Never mind. Oh, never we mind. We don't have to. Yeah, yeah, that's totally what it was. I have been clinching, fisting, and me fistuing, and you fistuing for a while now. Yeah. Um, guys, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Will will see you all next week, and yeah. Alfred will as well. And as always, I'm Jeff. Keep watching the stars. Uh, I'm Jeff Ingo. Yeah, that was good. I'm Roman. What was that thing you said at the beginning, Roman? Pop and wow? <laughs> From the Shasta commercials. <laughs> the right, pop and wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, he did the same little gesture again, Roman. Or Jango, you missed it. He tried to shimmy. Because you have to do that because that's what they do in the commercial. They're like, pop and wow. Okay, I'm going to my video searches here. Just I think. I mean, at least that's in my memory. Maybe I'm completely I wrong. I hope. <laughs>
<laughs> I want to cast a 1983 vintage commercial. Let me see. I'm Django. Keep watching the thighs. That's good. Thanks, bud. <laughs> of course you remember this roman it was part of my childhood I it got was a always URL on for you Django. <laughs> give to me wow Did I get it? Did I get it? Was I accurate? No, you're oh, close. Yes. <laughs> they do say pop and occasionally they say wow. And it is a lot of Sometimes they shake oiled up, oiled up muscular men is what it oh, is. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I compressed it all in my in my head. Pop and wow. So was that the official drink of gay men in the mid <laughs> early 80s? Or is is was that like like straight guys? Roman, you should try and watch that video if you can. It's only 35 seconds long. It's in the chat. Oh, okay. It's, oh, I don't, Jeff, it's going to take like 45 minutes to load I got it. time. Sam's not in town. <laughs> Where I'm is she? I'm on a pop and wow. She's in Michigan. <clears throat> it's like 30 seconds. Oh. If you took 30 seconds, if you took the entire volleyball scene from Top Gun and put it on the stove and reduced it <laughs> and reduced it and reduced it to <laughs> like 30 seconds, you would yeah. have that commercial. You're just like, uh, yeah. Like you said, a balsamic, a balsamic party. Yeah. Balsamic. <laughs> Man, now that, that song's going to be stuck in my head brain. I can't quite remember it enough. <laughs> Mine's still loading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take your time. <laughs> when are you going to get Roman a new computer, Django?